Hello there, and welcome back to Medics Money Triage, where we take some of the archived episodes and give them a revisit down memory lane. It's been a busy week on the good ship Medics Money. Ed and Andy have both been on holiday, and Tommy and I recorded our first ever podcast together for the main podcast. So look out for that coming soon. Today we're going to be taking a look at a podcast that Tommy did with Dr. Rachel Morris, legendary host of You Are Not A Frog podcast. If you ever feel like you don't have enough time to do everything you want in your life, or struggle to say no, I'm definitely guilty of that, or just generally feel stressed out, then this episode may be able to lend a hand. Episode 145 of the podcast aired on February 21st, 2023, entitled Taking Back Control for a Happier Life. First clip's coming up now, it's all about time. In general, having control of your time can make you feel so much more put together and empowered, and it certainly goes a long way when there's so much going on and so much stress in this modern life. So here's Rachel with her top tips. It's really interesting this question because when I first started teaching wellbeing and resilience I thought well I've got a master's in medical education I'm a GP and I've now trained as a coach so I know about wellbeing I can go to companies and help them with the wellbeing and it soon became really obvious that when it came down to resilience and wellbeing the issue wasn't that people didn't know what to do it was the time and if we can get control of our time we're going to sort out huge amounts of other issues that we have with stress and well-being and resilience along the way so it is the golden question and we know that there is a massive industry in productivity time management and all those sorts of things i would start off by saying you can't get control of your time ever which is a bit depressing but we only ever have 24 hours in a day and as oliver Bertman states in his amazing book and if nobody has bought this book yet go and buy it called four thousand weeks you can't manage time because we only have 24 hours you can't get more or less time you can only control what you do with the time that you've got and what you do with your workload how you prioritize things and i think the thing we get so wrong about time is we think that we can do everything. We think if only I was a bit more efficient, if I managed my time a bit better, if I made better to-do lists, I would get more done and then I will get everything done. You will never, ever, ever get everything done that you want to. And if you're someone like me, I struggle to say no to things, not because I dislike upsetting people. It's just that I actually really want to do everything because I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. That's fantastic. And I think we can be quite like that and particularly doctors and people listening to this podcast you're very very capable people and you know that you can do things you know that you can do things quite well and so you tend to say yes to everything because let's face it we're quite control freaky as well so we like to be in control we like to do everything well and then we take on far 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 too much so my initial thing about managing time and taking control over time is to get into your head that you have to do fewer things but better and once you get into your head the idea of JOMO, the joy of missing out, as opposed to FOMO, the fear of missing out, then actually you feel quite liberated. And it's just brilliant. I've said no to that thing that evening because I just know I'm going to be too tired to do it. And I've said no to that so that I can say yes to this. So the very first thing in getting more time is to be crystal clear on what your priorities are and what is important to you. Because if you know that, then you can start to say yes to the stuff you want to say yes to and no to the stuff that you know that you can't get to. And most of us really struggle with that either, like I mentioned before, because we worry about upsetting people 
or because we don't actually know what we want to say yes to. And we've not got that long-term vision, that long-term goal about actually where are we headed? What's really important in my life? And so you end up just getting blown around by the breeze and just saying yes to whatever seems like a good idea at the time. And then suddenly you seem completely overwhelmed with everything because it all creeps up on us. And also, side note, I know that GPs are very bad at this, and I would think hospital doctors are as well, that many of us take on these projects and we just do them off the side of the desk, as my colleague used to say, i.e., yeah, in that lunch hour that I have, I'll just do that CCG new guidelines for such and such, because I've got that role. I haven't got enough time to do it, but I'll just do it in my lunch break. But nobody actually gets a lunch break anymore, do they? So we're constantly trying to fit all these extra things in, in the course of our normal working day, which is already massively, massively, massively packed. And then it just gets very overwhelming and very, very stressful. So yeah, number one tip is to actually work out what's important to you in life, where you're going with things, what your priorities should be so that you know what you need to focus on and you know what you can say no to. Next clip is a technique Rachel teaches on how to figure out what's really important using something called the Eisenhower matrix. First of all, we teach people how to use the prioritization grid, which is the urgent important time matrix, which most people are aware of it. I think Eisenhower is responsible for it. And it's a simple two by two grid. On the top row, you've got things that are important. On the bottom row, you've got things that are not important. And the first column, you've got stuff that's urgent. The second column, you've got stuff that's not urgent. And the first step is to just get a piece of paper, draw the grid, just draw a cross on the piece of paper and download your entire to-do list or everything that's in your head into that grid and put it into a box. So you've got stuff that's coming up as urgent and important, which you will be able to fill up that box incredibly easily. You've then got stuff that's urgent, not important, which there'll be quite a lot of that sort of stuff. People find it very difficult to think of, but if you think about things that are coming to you that aren't important for you, but probably are for other people or requests for reports or this or that and the other, you've got stuff that's not urgent, not important, which I firmly put things like ironing in that box, <laughs> tidying my desk, although for some people that is important and the stuff that is important, but not urgent, you put in the top right hand box. And so you begin to see where things are sitting. And then I think we need to analyze things a little bit because what medics in particular get wrong is we focus on everything that is urgent and important. And that's right, isn't it? Because if it's urgent and important, you've got to do it now. And a lot of our work is in that urgent important box. So the clinics, the urgent patient results, the urgent patient care stuff, any appointment you've got is urgent and important, right? Because it is, is time bound. Well, actually there are some appointments that coming across as urgent, but they might not be important. And the problem is when we're in that urgent important box, we feel incredibly productive, like ticking stuff off. Yes, I've done that, I've done this, I've got through this, I've got through this. But the problem is we're then ignoring the stuff that's in the other box that is important, but it's not coming up as urgent. Now, this tends to be the stuff that makes life worth living, that actually contributes to your long-term goals, to your long-term priorities. So it's stuff like team development, thinking about a strategy, thinking about how to recruit more staff for your practice, right? It's stuff like developing yourself, some CPD, writing those guidelines. If you know you've got to delegate some workflow, you'll be in that not urgent, but important box, working out how you do that. So all that stuff there, that is the stuff we really need to get to. The problem is, is that if we spend some time really thinking about strategy or our own personal goals, you feel a bit guilty 
Because when you're doing that, what you're not doing is ticking off all those things that other people are shouting for and you really, really need to do. So focusing on that box in the short term can feel quite difficult. And most of us wait until we've got a couple of hours spare to get on with it. The problem is none of us ever have a couple of hours spare. So we constantly get stuck in the urgent box, ticking off stuff on our to-do list. And very quickly what happens is we start to drop down below that important line. So we find ourselves plowing through that urgent but not important stuff just because it feels quite good. So firstly, I would say working out what is in that not urgent but important box, that stuff that you know is going to make a lot of difference to your life, to the lives of other people, to your work, to your practice. That is where you start with your priorities. Ed actually taught me about this at one of the Medics Money meetings at Costa and it was really helpful for visualising the important things and more importantly, not worrying too much about things that aren't urgent or that important. I don't know if anyone else finds this, but if there's something on my mind that's lurking in the background, I kind of worry about it right up until the point that I write it down or schedule in a time to get it done. Just the very thought of it being there kind of stresses me out. The next clip features a very common worry for clinicians, I imagine, saying no to patients. I don't struggle to say no to things on medics money if I'm too busy or can't fit it in and people understanding. But I do struggle to say no to patients because the patient is worried. They really want to see you. You have no capacity. And it's just like a natural instinct to be like, oh, I'll just squeeze one more in. I'll just squeeze one more in. And that was where I really struggled. But when you just draw out that matrix and just think about, okay, like exactly what you said, the patient said it's urgent, but what if we did it tomorrow or another day? And once you start thinking like that, you know, it really, really helps. And then the third thing, I said there was going to be two, but there's three. You mentioned like the productivity industry, because a lot of that I find a bit toxic because you could say like, I don't have enough time in my day. What should I do? And there, it's like startup culture. It's like get up at 4 a.m. Uh, I get up at 3 a.m. and I go to bed at 1 a.m. And that's how I fit everything in. And you should do that too. I just find that completely toxic. And if you think that's healthy or sustainable, it's not. But whereas your stuff is like, yeah, guess what? You're not going to fit everything in. You're not a superhuman and you're going to have to, you know, stop. And I think, you know, at the start, you said time underpins everything. And you're right. And I think for our equivalent, the thing that underpins everything for us is money, because I'm sat there saying, you know, do some investing or, you know, choose how you spend your money. But you do actually need to get that money. And to get that money, you have to make some pretty radical changes and you do need to write it down. What am I going to spend less on? So I think there's a lot of overlap there as well. So it made perfect sense to me. I've heard it a few times now, but I think that will resonate as well with our audience, everything that you've said as well. Finally, we're going to take a quick look at what you can use your money for and how it can enrich your life. What you should be doing is using your money to actually increase your happiness in your life. So I would say, yes, nice things, nice experiences, all well and good, but what if you could use it in another way? And the next level of happiness in life is where you're experiencing a lot of what's called flow in your life, where you're absolutely absorbed in what you're doing. So maybe you're learning a new skill, you're playing a game, all those sorts of things. And the more flow you can have in your life, the better your mental health, the better you feel, the increased amount of satisfaction. So you would be better off spending that money on something that gets you into flow. So maybe paying for a course, learning something new, going to evening classes. I'm finding a great deal of pleasure at the moment in having some one-to-one -one tennis lessons. Actually, it's, you know, quite expensive, but 
I would pay that money any day rather than some new clothes because of the amount of satisfaction I get from learning that new skill from absolute getting to flow. And it was also combined with getting active and exercise and connecting. So actually you're hitting lots and lots of well-being factors all at once. But another thing I think we don't invest in in ourselves and we don't pay much money in, and we were chatting about this before the podcast, weren't we, Tommy, is things like coaching and therapy and investing in mastermind groups and online communities and memberships and those courses that might seem really expensive but give you a lot of satisfaction and you know I've had coaching in my life several occasions I've got a coach at the moment I'm seeing a therapist for various things and you know what I wish I'd done it years and years ago because the amount of mindset shift I am getting through engaging in those activities and the amount of transformation in my life, I feel so much happier through doing that. And it's quite expensive. You know, coaching is really expensive. Counseling is expensive. These things all are, but actually I think it's well worth investing in because I don't think we invest in sorting out our mindset enough and memberships and coaching masterminds and all that can really really help as well it's getting that peer support it's getting that network and it's feeling connected and it's getting other people to challenge your thinking because otherwise you just get stuck in those old scripts and those stories that are going round and round in your head like going back to your question before how can i possibly say no to that patient i'm such a bad doctor if i do i ought to blah 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 actually can you have someone challenge that and go well, right that's all we've got time for if you want to hear more chat on mindsets and boundaries Check out the full episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel teaches a session on beating stress and thriving on our Medics Money Need to Partnership course, which recommences its sixth cohort on September 27th, and it's actually nearly 70% sold out. More details below, and thanks as always for listening. Have a fantastic weekend, and I'll catch up with you soon.